bulletin is a little bit different today because it's Flag Day, and we'll go right into, um, um, I'll call a, a just a short uh, message this morning, just a little mini message. And uh, for you folks who aren't here every week, when I say that, that means nothing to our people because they think I go way over, way too much. And sometimes I intentionally do that to see if anybody gets up to leave. I hadn't seen that yet. No, I'm just picking. But today, I want us to... Um, I want us to recite a verse together, and it's just part of a verse, and it is Romans 8, 31, and let me say it for us, and then I want us to repeat it. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Can you say that? Since God is for us, who can be against us? The word of the Lord. And Lord, now as we look at just a short message this morning, I pray, God, that you would use it to strengthen our hearts, Lord, that you would use it to better equip us to serve us, Lord, that you would use this message to cause us to think where we stand in our relationship with you. I pray in your name, amen. Well, if I had a title for this message, and usually I'll have a little outline for you uh, to fill in, uh, fill in some blanks. Today, I'm not going to do that because it, it is going to be fairly short. If you do have some room on your bulletin there, want to jot down some notes, please do that. Uh, you certainly free, feel free to do that. But if I had to title this message today, it would be this, Pledging Allegiance. Pledging Allegiance. And I say that to say this, I want us to think along these lines for just a few moments today. What or whom are we pledging allegiance to? We'll hear later, I'm sure, from our speaker. But as I thought about Flag Day and I think about the military, I have utmost respect for those people in the military. That is a true calling on someone's life. And I, 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 I love people who serve uh, in our all of our branches of the military. And as I thought about that, men and women all over this great land have pledged their allegiance to this great United States of America. And in doing so, many, as we all know, have lost their lives because of it. I read a story this week that goes something like this. An army chaplain was ministering to a soldier in the hospital and said, You have lost an arm in this great cause. The soldier replied, I didn't lose it, I gave it. We pledge allegiance to the United States flag. We pledge allegiance to the Christian flag. We pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. But I wonder this morning, do we say the very same thing about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Do we pledge allegiance? Do we promise loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ? And so we, we got to come to grips with that question this morning. And believe it or not, we already know what the answer is because we're either doing one or the other. Matthew, uh, Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty, he who is not with me is against me. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. 
Jesus speaking here. He says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Back in the Gospel of uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. Listen to what it says. Jesus speaking again. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or other translations say money. And then let's look at John 3, beginning with verse 16 and following. Jesus again speaking. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, whoso, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to verse 19. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So it's quite clear in those just three short verses of, or passages of Scripture, it tells me, and I hope it tells you, that we have already made a choice. We're, we're either for Christ or we are against Christ. We're either hot or we're cold. We either love Jesus or we love the other things of the world. We're either walking in light or we're walking in darkness. You say, preacher, how is it? How can I pledge allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ? How is it that I can know for sure that I'm pledging allegiance and I'm promising loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ? It simply begins this way. By realizing that none of us here today or anybody on this great planet can save ourselves. We don't have that capability. Romans ten seventeen says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. You see, the Bible tells us some things that we must come to grips with let me just go through this quickly and you've heard it just let me remind us Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God Romans 6.23 says the gift of God is eternal for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life Romans 5.8 says but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we confess what with our mouth, what, what are we to confess with our mouth? Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So there's your little plan way of salvation. And with that comes pledging our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's how it's done. 
It's done a lot of ways, but let me just share two right quick as we wrap it up. Seeking him first in everything we say and do. Matthew 6.33 says what? But seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. And seeking the Lord first in all that we do and all that we say leads us to being obedient to the two greatest commandments in all the Bible. But I thought there were more than two commandments. There are more than two commandments. But the Scripture says that there's one that's the greatest and then there's one that follows right in behind that. And let me share that with you. You already know it, but let me remind it. Remind us. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, here it is, the greatest commandment of all time, church. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus spoke these words. And then he goes on to say, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Remember the army chaplain in the story I just shared a few minutes ago. He said to the soldier, you have lost your arm in this great cause. To which the soldier replied, I have not lost my arm. I gave it. I thought about that. And I thought about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he did not lose his life. He gave his life. Why? So that you and and myself could be reconciled to God the Father. So here's the question. Are we pledging our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ? Can we give that some thought just for about 10 seconds? Are we pledging our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. As I sat at my desk in reading these passages this week, something came to me just, just this morning. I don't know why it did. But I was sitting there and, and I, I could see, I, I envisioned in my, in my mind, Jesus sitting across in, in my office at my house, sitting across in a chair, not looking around in my office to see what was on the wall. Pictures of my grandkids. Pictures of my wife. No, he wasn't looking at those things. You know what he was doing? I could picture him looking at me, getting, making eye contact with me, and saying to me this, as I just read, He who is not with me is against me. Are we with Christ this morning, church? Or are we against him? And see, Revelation made it pretty clear that we can't be in between. We can't be lukewarm because what happens? Ah, It makes him sick. It said that he vomits us out of his mouth. So where are we today? Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, your word is true. Lord, your word is true trustworthy Lord we can depend on your word 
But God, the question before each of us today is this. We're either for you or we are against you. We're either hot or cold, God. We are for Jesus or we're for other things. And God, we're either walking in the light as you are in the light or we're walking in darkness. My prayer this day, God, is that each one of us here today is walking in the light. I pray in your name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication is number 510. Number 510. Let's stand as we sing. Just as we conclude this part of worship with the words from the Apostle Paul in Galatians six eighteen, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You may be seated.
Mr. Andrew Baylor is going to make his way up now. We'll turn the program over to him. Andrew, you come. <coughs> And in your bulletin, there is the, the pledges to each flag starting off. The, we will pledge to the Christian flag first. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom is one Savior, sanctified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. Now we will now pledge to the American flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, 
one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You can be seated now.
Those of you that I didn't speak to this morning, good morning. My job here this morning is to introduce our speaker to y'all this morning. And I'm excited to present to you General Tim Crosby and his wife, Janice. They have accompanying them their daughters, Rebecca and her husband, Stephen, and Sarah and her husband, Davis. I hope y'all will all make them welcome when you get an opportunity later on at lunch. I'm really pleased to have Tim here today because Janice's father, Don McIntosh, was my father's brother. And he's one of 27 men that are listed on this bronze plaque on my right that served the country during World War II. Can you imagine if they started taking 27 men out of this congregation today, there wouldn't be many people left. They might have even old men like me. The second reason I'm glad to have them with us is because they are building a house here in the community, right on the other side of Mr. Glenn's. So I hope we'll be able to see some more out of them in the future. There's a, something in your bulletin that gives you a write-up on General Crosby, on Tim, read that. In short, I'd just like to say he graduated from the Citadel and he flew Chinook helicopters in the Army. Those are the helicopters you see with the two big rotors on the front and the back. And to me, it's, it would just be amazing to be able to fly one of those. I don't know how you could control it and make it go in a straight line. Tim, take over. Good morning, everybody. I'm not a Macintosh. I'm not from King's Tree, but I married one, and I got here quick as I could. <laughs> People that know me, when they ask about how did you make general, many of them that I grew up with will say, we, we were surprised that he made major. And my wife gets me a hard time all the time because when it did happen, when they did select me for general, that I looked outside and saw pigs flying because I, th I thought it was, would never, ever happen. Um, I, I think as, as, as you get older and you, and you raise up in stature and things occur that, that you're blessed with, that the Lord has blessed you with, quite often we start taking ourselves too seriously. 
and and I, and I think it's 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 a good message to everybody to to be so pleased and and thankful for the blessings we have in our lives and and also that not to take yourselves too seriously and be able to laugh at yourself and people that get to this level sometimes they start letting their ego get out in front of them and forget that they're they're humans and they can be funny and they can have a good time uh, just just yesterday from one of my former officers he sent me a picture of a t-shirt and on the back of it it said generals making things hard since 1776 <laughs> and, I, and I guess I had to resemble that um, I will tell you that there's some nervous people here today one is the preacher because he doesn't know me and has no idea what I'm going to say Irby's nervous because he does know me <laughs> But the most nervous one is my wife, almost 40 years, and I've embarrassed her so many times, and she's like, what's he going to say this time? So she's, she's probably the most nervous in the crowd. Arby's already introduced my family. Nobody could be more proud of, of my children and the men they've selected to spend their lives with. It's no surprise to me now. It was a surprise then, but they both selected Citadel graduates. South Carolina bloodlines, all South Carolina blood runs deep in this family, and I'm very proud of all of them. I know him as Irby. Y'all know him as Irwin. Asked me to do this a year ago, and I have another child, a son, who decided to get married on the same day. So I apologize for not being here last year, but he asked me to be his best man, so I went there. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that was one. He celebrated his one-year anniversary today. Uh, that said, Irby, as you know, is very persistent, and he's not a man that you can say no to. So he, on the 6th of May last year, lined me up for this year. And, and for that reason, there's not a lot of people that I will pull this old thing out of the dust ball and put on. But when I was so honored and humbled when he asked me to do this, uh, to be here with you and share, share some thoughts on, on, on my faith and the things that have, have motivated me throughout my life. I will say that I've been retired about five, a little over five years, spent just under 35 years in uniform. And after five years, when I went, pulled this thing out of the closet, y'all ever heard of the shrink bug? <laughs> it's a little tighter than it used to be, but I did get it on. My wife asked me on the way over, she said, how's it fit? And I said, well, it feels pretty good to, to be back in uniform, but I'm not sure I'm wiggling like I should. Uh, Reflection on, on, on what this congregation is, T to me, I, I think about Memorial Day, and, and it was mentioned in, by the preacher about Memorial Day, Jason. It, that's the day where we celebrate those that were killed in combat. And Veterans Day it was brought on to design to celebrate those that served, that, that, that gave something for their country, but, but survived. What is so blessed about this congregation is you've carved out a day and a month and you stretch it out to honor those that served and came home but have passed on, and, but they're still with us here in their memories and in our hearts. And that's very special. That, that says something about this congregation that you continue to, to, to memorialize those great people uh, that came before us. And, and, and what you're doing today is, is very, very emotional to me that you reflect and remember those.
that dedicated their lives and were willing to sacrifice for their country. Uh, and, and I think that's a very special message. Uh, we've already recognized the veterans here, and I was going to ask them to stand, but they've already done that. God bless you for your service. It's funny that those have served, they may not spend 35 years in the Army like I did. You probably had a skill set. I didn't, so I stayed in the Army. Uh, you came home to serve in some other capacity. And you find yourself serving in your church, serving in your community, giving things back. It's something that, that service that gets under your skin, and it's something that, that, uh, that you see in, in the leadership and the development in people. They just, it, it, gets, it gets to your heart to continue to serve in some way. My family has been uh, in service of this state and this country for, for many years. My great-great-great-grandfather was a captain in, in the Revolutionary Army. Uh, in fact, a story that my cousin, who is very much like Irby, he knows all the history and all that, dug it out. And it turns out that he was the, the, it was his unit that went in and got Governor Rutledge out of Charleston when the British took over Charleston and brought him up into the Orangeburg area and took care of him while, while we were uh, under siege. My great-grandfather was a captain uh, in, in, during the Civil War and served and was wounded seven times at the Battle of Antietam and lived uh, and went back and was actually in the crater when the crater was blown up at Petersburg and lost most of his unit, but again, he survived. My father, he's the man. Three years in North Africa and Europe in World War II. Uh, never would talk about it. Couldn't get him to talk about it. He was just that humble and that, that much of a servant to our country. But he's the one that motivated and inspired me. And, and he put three things in my heart. Love of God, love of country, and love of family. And those three, I think, define the pillars of what we as Americans are about. Love of God, as the preacher talked about, putting him first, taking care of your family, loving your neighbor, We've been around the world so many times in the military doing so many things, um, but all, we try, all we've tried to do is offer people the freedoms that we enjoy. I remember when I was a young boy, my father was the assistant commandant at the Citadel, and back then, before all of this liberal stuff started happening, the cadets every, morning, every Sunday morning got up and they formed and they marched to chapel. And my father in, in a uniform very similar to this one, Walked in with my mother being escorted by a cadet, my father walking two steps behind her, and the rest of us four little minions just sort of chugging along behind him and going and sitting down and, and the popping stance and all that was going on and the preacher standing up and calling the hymn for everybody to sing, Onward Christian Soldiers. And that stayed in my heart forever. Never will forget it. And the man that baptized my son uh, was the chaplain, Chaplain Crumpton. He was a colonel in the army, but a chaplain. And I remember to this day the sermon, he, he did it once a year, and people were standing in the aisles when he did it. It was called the Tater Sermon. And he talked about the commentator, the dictator, the agitator, and he had a Tater name for just about every knucklehead you could think of. And, but but it, was, it was a sermon that, that, that touched my heart that I've never forgotten. But those are memories that helped shape my faith. There are many people today, and I, and, I, and I come, I live in Huntsville, Alabama now, or as everybody mentioned, we're coming home, and that has more engineers per square mile than anywhere in the world, with the Redstone Arsenal, with the Space Center, all the things that are there. 
and, and, I, and I see all of these shows, and, and, and it's almost a, an attack on Christianity and the things that we believe, and it, these big bang theories that, that they, and as you say, they're theories trying to substantiate or justify how the world was created and the things that happened. And, and it boggles my mind that you, you challenge them and you walk them through all of these things and they scientifically try and go through all of the, the, their mindset of what makes us work. But somehow they still ends up a theory because somebody had to create the Big Bang. Somebody had to create all of those things. And it's that faith, the faith that overcomes the unknown. That's what defines us as Christians, is that faith that there is some creator that, that's overpassed. And, and one of my closest relationships over the years in, in my acquisition, aviation acquisition development, was a young man named Jeff Langout. One of the smartest engineers I've ever had. But his devotion to Christ is un, unpatched. So, so there, there are many of those that, that, that they have that same faith that we do, that could, but they can still do the engineering kind of things, but they still reside back on that faith, that faith in God, that faith that somebody is overseeing and taking care of us and looking for us to the future. I feel for these people that are looking for something. They're lost. And, and I almost would say cynically, they're jealous of us because they just don't understand that faith and that love that we have in our hearts. And they would, they're trying to justify in their mind and find some other way to, to do, to make themselves rationalize why they don't have that faith. And, and I, I, I feel sorry for them. I pray for them that, that, that someday that they'll be able to feel and have that comfort and that satisfaction I have in knowing the Lord. I, I have been in some difficult situations in my career. And I, many, many years ago, when I first came in the Army, I had a young non-commissioned officer, and, and people were going to chapel, and it wasn't mandatory, and we had to go, or we felt we were compelled to go, and we went. And, and this sergeant made the comment to me about some folks that weren't going. And, and it was very, he says, ain't no atheist in a foxhole. And it's amazing when, you, when, the, when the things, when fear, when fear enters into the equation, those that don't have that faith can't deal with it. They don't understand. And, and, and we fall back. Everybody's scared. We got ready to go across the border in Desert Storm. It, it was, it was a, I was scared. And I was a unit commander. And I told everybody in the unit, I said, if, you're, if, if somebody says they're not scared, they're either a liar or a fool. Courage is how you overcome that fear. And what gives you that courage? It's that faith in God. Faith in that creator that he's going to take care of you and see you through this difficult situation. That's, that's what defines us, I think, as, as citizen soldiers that, that, that give back to our country. We've never, in the hundred, last 150 years, in the fightings and the things that we've done in our country, uh, supporting others, what our great veterans, the greatest generation did in World War II, We've never tried to create and take over territory. All we've ever tried to do is restore and offer people around the world the same things that we enjoy, to allow them to be free, to allow them to preach as they wish, to, to, to enjoy the, the satisfaction of, of looking out for their family. And, and that's all we've ever asked for. Yet there are folks that would criticize us and think that we're trying to f compel our beliefs on someone and it's not that at all. Having been there personally, I can tell you, all we ever wanted to do was give back 
and afford others the, the things that we enjoy in our relationship with the Lord. A lot left to do here today. I don't want to talk too long. I just want to tell you that um, the way that you have done in recognizing those that came before us, those that are buried across the street and some are not buried here, those that served and are still with us, it's very special. Uh, in today's world, when everybody's focused on me, 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 for a congregation, a young, small church like this to take the time every year to, to stop and drop and reflect back on those things, those people and what they gave to us, um, giving us a, a legacy of service, of faith, and of love. God bless you and your leadership of this church. God bless our veterans for the service to our country and for your commitment to your faith in our God. Thank you again for inviting me to spend the day with you. I have to say thank you, General, for a great message. Now, as I call the names of the veterans buried in our cemetery, would a family member please come forward to receive the flag? Brown, Jack. Brownlee, James E. Jr. Buckles, Ernest E. Jr. Buff, Andrew M. Canty, David Wallace. Canty, Donald P. Canty, F. Christopher. Canty, James J. Canty, Joseph Bryce. Canty, Joseph McSwain. Canty, Shelby G. Kowser, N.R. DuBose, Caleb Cal. Duke, James D. Sr. Duke, Thomas Allen. Duke, William H. Epps, Charles E. Epps, David M. Epps, F. Quentin. Junior. Epps, John J. Senior. Epps, John Ishmael. Epps, Eugene McFadden, Mac. Epps, William J. Evans, Benjamin Lamar. Evans, Daniel Epps. Evans, Edward Rembert. Evans, Horace Laverne. Evans, John Harry. Evans, Preston M. Evans, Richard L. Evans, William Otis. Fleming, Eli Alexander. Fleming, 
Henry Flowerson, Fleming John White, Fleming Samuel Witherspoon, Fleming William David, Harrington Jake M, Harrington John E, Harrington John Edward, Harrington Samuel E. Harrington Thomas Harrington Wilmot C. Hennett George A. Sr. McElveen Francis E. McFadden Douglas McFadden John J. McIntosh William McKnight Clarence Lewis McKnight, Eustace Leroy. McKnight, William. Morris, Carl H. Sr. Ordeon, Richard L. Reardon, Daniel Elbert. Reardon, Daniel Epps. Reardon, W. Vernon. Rose, William Thomas. Singletary, Raleigh K. Smith, Bobby Joe. Smith, Robert Stewart. Tomlinson, Clyde. Wheeler, William E. Woods, Urban McSwain. Worsham, Marion Eugene. Yeomans, W.M. And I'll ask Mr. Carl if he would receive the flag of those that are buried elsewhere. And they are Aiken, Edward, Edgar, excuse me, Harrington, John Roy, Harrington, S.B., McAllister, Mac A., McFadden, James Hugh, McIntosh, Don, Smith, Claude H., Smith, Dan, Smith, William H., Jr., Wheeler, Robert G., now, if you'd all please join us in front of the church for the conclusion of the service. <laughs> 